you have your Bible, turn with me to Isaiah 55, Isaiah 55, and we are going to read verses 6 through 11, Isaiah 55, verses 6 through 11. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, for he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven... And do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word and for the inspiration of it. Now, Lord, may it speak to our hearts and our lives in such a way that we will be challenged, that we will be changed, and that we will never get over it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are continuing in our series, Did God Say That? And we are looking at certain sayings that maybe we have used, maybe you've heard other Christians use, I've heard non-Christians use it sometimes even. Uh, Some of these sayings are things that bring us comfort at certain times in our lives or may bring others comfort. So um, as we learn about them, I do encourage you, as you may see that it's not exactly what you thought it was or or doesn't mean it's exactly what we thought it meant or the biblical answer may be a little different. I I encourage you to still use that knowledge compassionately because some of these things bring a lot of comfort to folks in time of need. And so if it's in their time of need, it might not be the time right then to correct. All right? So just want to let you know that, okay? Uh, And uh, that can come at a later time. So we call it uh, being pastoral and and you may want to call it being compassionate whatever in some of these things. But we've been talking about some of these sayings that you may have heard throughout the years or at different times to describe uh, what's happening or, or, or to uh, help bring comfort. And, uh, or some of these are, are sayings of challenge, like the one we talked about last week. Cleanliness is next to godliness. We talked about that phrase, and even though it was actually uh, coined by John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, um, and he used it in his preaching, uh, it came to be known in, in more secular ways later about, hey, neatness and, and, and cleanliness or how we keep our office or our bedroom or things like that, and, and that cleanliness can be next to godliness. Now, Wesley meant it to be more about a clean heart and that leading us to live a clean life. And so if you uh, missed last week or want to go back and watch that, you can. But today we're going to look at one that you have probably heard at some point or another in your life, and that is this phrase of 
God moves in mysterious ways. Now, some of the others we're going to be looking at are things like everything happens for a reason, uh, things like God won't put on you more than you can handle, money is the root of all evil, love the sinner, hate the sin, all those kind of things. But today we're going to look at God moves in mysterious ways. You may not have known this, but this actually came from a hymn from, uh, that was written in 1773 by a guy by the name of William Cowper. Uh, the hymn was later published by John Newton, the, the fellow that uh, wrote Amazing Grace. And so you may, that name may sound familiar. But William Cowper uh, wrote a six-verse poem that, was later beca- that, that became a hymn. And he wrote these six verses just before the onset. It was almost like he knew something kind of was going wrong and he wrote it just before the onset of a of a major depressive illness or depression uh, that he went into and, and during which he actually attempted suicide by drowning but but was, uh, was not successful in that. But it's almost like he knew something was coming because he writes these and, and obviously uh, these verses he he needed to hold on to. He writes these verses, um, and I'm just going to read two of them for you. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, he hides a smiling face. And so he's saying that even though things may look bad, a frowning providence, even though you may not understand why is this happening like that, but the trust in his grace because God is still there. Now, whenever we usually use the phrase, or whenever you have probably heard the phrase, it's used any time that we see God move and we don't understand how or we don't understand why. And, and it's usually in the form of what we call in the Christian life a mystery. Now, uh, the Christian faith are, is full of mysteries. We talk about certain mysteries in the church all the time. I mean, let me tell you something. The Trinity, the, the, the doctrine of the Trinity is a holy mystery. How can God be three? distinct persons but yet be one at the same time people ask me how can that be and I say the answer is yes Uh, God is God and God is able to do that I can't explain how and even all of our metaphors of the Trinity and we use those in confirmation certain ones like you know water, ice, vapor that kind of thing liquid ice, vapor and it's still all water all of them come short though of fully explaining you know why and that's okay because it's a holy mystery and that we have to take by faith And so God says there's going to be things that are mysteries. There's going to be things you will not understand. Look at what he says there, Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts thoughts. And so there are going to be some ways of God and some thoughts of God that we just have to know that we're not going to understand. And so God is working in mysterious ways sometimes. I love what the late J. Vernon McGee said. He said it like this, this is God's universe and he does things his way. You may have a better way, but you don't have a universe. I love that. 
And, and so, so we want to look at how do we trust God in the midst of mysterious ways. How do we trust God in the midst of some ways that we cannot explain or that we don't understand or we may not even like sometimes? How can we trust God in the midst of his mysterious ways? Number one is this. First of all, we have to be okay with not knowing everything. We have to be okay. I know that, 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 that that's sometimes hard for us to do. But we have to be okay knowing that we are not going to know everything. That we're not going to have all the answers. See, we're in an age that wants to say we can know everything. We're in the age of Google. If you don't know something, just Google it. And Google's going to give you some type of answer. Uh, but we're in, the way, we're in the age of GPSs. And, and GPSs can tell you when you're going to get there, how you're going to get there, what's the best route, where, where policemen are standing by watching. You definitely want to watch out for that. Amen. But anyway, sometimes GPSs will tell you to the minute of what time you are going to be there. And I don't know about you, but whenever I see that sometimes, I like to say, well, I'm going to try to make that change and I'll go a little faster sometimes and, and you know, to, to help that change a little bit. But anyway, but it tells us everything and so we think we want to know everything. We have the weather apps now uh, that tell us when it's going to rain, when it's going to stop and all these things that still get it wrong sometimes, amen? But all of these things. And see, here's the thing that, that we want to know it because if we know everything, then we think we somehow can control it. Amen? We think if we somehow can know it or explain it or understand it, then we then can somehow control it or make a difference. And that really messes with us whenever we can't. We have to understand that there are some things that we just can't figure out. And whenever we try to figure it out, we get into a mess. There was a story I told uh, year, years ago whenever I first came here, so some of you may remember it, but it's, it's about this little, uh, it's about this teacher, and it was her birthday, and, and, and she uh, decided she was going to figure out what all the students were giving her for as a present by what their parents did for a living. And so little Susie came up, and little Susie's mom and dad, they owned a candy store. And she walked up with this uh, box, and, and the teacher shook it a little bit and said, Well, Susie, is it candy? And Susie said, It is. How did you know? And she says, Well, I am smart, and I can figure it all out. And so she went back the next one. Little Mary came up, and Mary had this long box, and Mary's parents owned the flower shop. And so the teacher said, is it long stem red roses? And Mary was like, yes. How did you guess it? How did you know? And the teacher said, well, I can figure it all out. I'm smart, and I can figure out anything. And, and, and so here comes little Johnny, and little Johnny's carrying a box, and it's leaking something. And, and little Johnny's mom and dad owned a liquor store. And so the teacher takes the box and she takes her finger across it and tastes it and said, is it wine? And little Johnny says, no. And then she takes her finger across there again and licks it and says, is it champagne? And little Johnny said, no. And, and then she takes it again and she said, well, Johnny, what is it? And he said, it's a puppy. Folks, we get in a mess when we try to figure it out all ourselves. Amen? 
See, here's what we need to figure out. Not why or how everything's happening, but we need to understand what we need to go is with what we know. And what we know is more about the nature of God. And we can know that God is for us and, and that who can be against us. What we know is that God is good. And what we know is that God is able. And what we know is and we need to trust in is that God has a plan for our life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And when we know that God loves us and that He has a plan for our lives and that He is able, when we know those things, then the things we don't know, we can be okay with. So let's first... We have to be okay with not knowing everything. The second is this. Seek the Lord. We need to seek the Lord. Listen, Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. There is no doubt that all of us have certain times in our lives that we feel like God is closer than maybe other times. And we need to seek God at those times we need to seek God when things are good. We need to seek God when He seems close. So then when things are not so good or when things are not going our way, we can trust Him at those times. See, we especially, when we don't understand it, we need to know the nature of God and we need to seek Him in every way. Two sure ways to seek the Lord. Number one is this, pray and spend time with God. How many of you know that the more you spend time with someone, the more you can trust them? Hopefully, the more you can trust them. You may spend time with them and say, ooh, uh -uh, I can't trust them a bit. But a good person, the more you spend time with them, the more you can trust them. And especially a good God. The more we spend time with Him, the more we listen to Him, the more we, we, we get close to Him. And so we need to spend time with Him and that trust is built. So when things seem like they're not going the way we can explain or the, the way we want, then we can still trust them. The second is this. Dig into God's Word. See, the more we know about God's Word, the more we learn about His nature. And the more we learn about His nature, then we're going to know that He's good. We're going to know that He loves us. We're going to know that He has a plan for our life. We're going to know that even when we don't see it or when we can't feel it, that God is there and still working. We will read the promises in His Word that He will never leave us nor forsake us. We will read the promises in His Word that no weapon formed against us should prosper. And when we know that, then it's going to help us trust Him. Amen. It's going to help us trust Him in the times that are mysterious. And the last is this. Not only do we need to be okay with not knowing everything and that we need to seek the Lord, but the last is this. We need to abandon our will as we trust in God. This is the hardest, play, this is the hardest part. But really, if we can just say, Lord, I'm okay with not real understanding it all. I'm okay with not explaining it all. And we're, we're seeking Him and we're, we're trusting in His nature. Then we can come to the part that we abandon our will. And we say, Lord, I'm just turning it over to you. Look, Isaiah says it like this, that we can trust him, that, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11 says, For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth and make it bring forth 
and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. How many of you know that in planting gardens, you can put that seed, you can nurture it, you can water it, but there's still always a chance that that seed's not going to come up. Amen? Sometimes it just doesn't work like we want it. But God says whenever we plant that seed and we turn it over to Him, that His Word will not return void. It will come back. Even when we can't explain it, even when we can't understand it, we can trust Him. And we have to abandon this and believe it here. I, I, I love uh, this book by Raphael uh, Irwin Raphael McManus. It's called The Barbarian Way. And, and, and I remember reading this book years ago, and, and he, he, he's a pastor out in Los Angeles now, but he actually went to, he did his undergrad at, at UNC Chapel Hill. Go Hills. Uh, anyway, but he, um, I know somebody. But anyway, the, but he, he was in undergrad. He gave his life to Christ, and he was like, uh, he, he was doing everything he could to just get more of God. And, and he says it like this. He says, I didn't know a whole lot about Christianity, so I went to everything that looked as if it was so associated with the faith. He said, I went to Catholic Mass, to a Baptist church, to a charismatic fellowship, to an interdenominational Bible study, and I worked on a project with the Church of Christ. He said, I did it all. He said, man, I treated it like a buffet uh, uh, for, for $2.49, all you could eat. You can't get that nowadays, amen. But anyway, dates the book a little bit. But he said that in all of that, he was going to this Bible study and this girl that led worship, she had been very involved in it and they got to talking after it and she said, I just want to tell you, I'm struggling. I am really struggling and, and I just, I, I think I'm going to go back to my old life. He was like, what? She said this and her conclusion was that God simply didn't love her and that sometimes it's easier to believe in a love you can touch than a love that is real. And, and, and so, as you know, he was trying to think of what to say and all. He says, looking back, I realize I should have simply pointed her to the cross. After all, his sacrifice is proof of his love. I just didn't think of it then. And he says, I'm always smarter after the crisis and pretty stupid during so she had said, hey, look, I don't feel God's love. I, I, I think I'm going to go back to my old life. And he said, so when Beth accused God of not loving her, I turned to her and assured her that if there was anything that God could do to prove his love to her, he would do it. Said, I know better than to say that. He said, I know better than to say that now, but I didn't know any better then. For some bizarre reason, she immediately responded by saying, well... Well then, I want it to snow. Now we know it snows sometime in Chapel Hill, but I mean, not it ain't like a regular thing and all. But here's what happened. He ends up saying, you know, I think a guy would have asked for something different, by the way. He said a guy would have probably asked for a convertible or for an F miraculously changing to an A or a date with a cheerleader or something like that. He said, but what she asked for totally confused me. And then he said, what I said in response confused me even more. All of a sudden, I heard a voice saying, God is going to make it snow for you. 
And you can imagine my surprise when I realized that voice was mine. I suppose I can appeal to being in shock as soon as I heard myself say that. I added, within 24 hours, she left celebrating that God was going to make it snow for her because he loved her. And I left feeling traumatized because it wasn't very likely that it would happen. He said, I went back to my dorm, pulled down the shades and shut off the lights and I got down on my face before God. He says, have you ever earnestly, desperately cried out to God? He said, I don't know why I said what I said, but I can tell you in that moment, I was absolutely convinced that God spoke to me and in some way spoke through me. He said, all I could do was beg God to be involved. He says, I obviously don't remember everything I prayed that day, but part of it went something like this. God, I don't know why I said that. I actually thought you said it, but if it wasn't you, could you sort of adopt the idea and take this project on? He says, I was crying out to God, praying desperately. I was out of my mind, and I fell asleep in the midst of my exhaustion. He said, several hours went by before my roommate Mark came back and awakened me. And to my surprise, the first words out of his mouth were, Have you looked outside? With little conversation, I simply got up and walked over to the window. And I remember taking a deep breath just before I pulled open the shades. He says, I don't know what I was expecting to see, but I saw snow everywhere. Evidently, it had started snowing almost immediately after I began my soulful conversation with God. And he says, I'll never forget the warm feeling I had while running across the snow and finding this young woman playing in the gift that God sent just for her. At least on that day, God changed her mind. And it was on that same day that God drove me out of mind. And folks, sometimes, honestly, I think we just need to get it out of here and get it here. And then watch God move in whatever mysterious ways He can. Listen, the Bible says that trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Folks, this morning, I want to let's embrace the mysterious ways of God. Even when we can't explain it, even when we don't know it, let's just trust that He loves us, and that He will do anything to help us know. And He did do the ultimate thing when He went to the cross for us. Let us pray. Lord, maybe there's some folks here today that it's been tough lately for. Maybe, Lord, we can't we don't see it. We don't know it. So we think that maybe you're not moving, Lord. But I pray that you will help us see that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are greater than our thoughts, Lord. And that we don't have to know everything and we don't have to be able to explain it to just trusting you. And Lord, if you made it snow for that young lady, Lord, you can do miracles in our lives. So, Lord, whatever miracles are needed, God, this morning, I pray that you begin that as we just trust in your grace and we embrace your miraculous ways. Lord, we pray right now, God, that if there's anybody here that just needs to trust you more, 
or maybe needs to come to know you for the first time as Lord and Savior, that this will be the day that they say yes. That, Lord, we will see you as the way maker that you are. Maybe there's some folks going through tough situations and they just need to know you're there, Lord. I pray that today will be the day that they feel your presence, that they know without a shadow of a doubt that you love them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.